Remember that this is the season for love. And that's what Seville 1075 and 1260 are always spreading. <laughs> what? Why are you chuckling? P. Ted Nugent called. He wants his shirt back. All rise. Unless, unless you're driving, of course. Joe Thomas in the morning on a Ted's D Valentine's Day. And, and I was tongue in cheek. Uh, Ted Nugent has quite a few love songs. Nothing but love songs. Are you old enough to remember? Did they have that radio format here in Charlottesville? I mean, it was, it was the height of the 80s. Um, and I wasn't here, so I, I can't speak conversantly to what was going on in radio in Charlottesville, but you might have enough miles on your odometer and have lived here long enough to know. Was there a love songs? Nothing but love songs. Radio station in around here. And somebody's going to go, I say, yeah, it was WCHV, Joe. Um, they very well may be. They've hidden all those records from me, so that's okay. Uh, because we generally work in a world where a lot of other people may not say the same things you and I do. And sometimes you, I got a wonderful letter. Um, where did I put it? Over here a second. Um, all this stuff about Carrie Buck saying, Joe, you're wrong. Carrie Buck is a white woman, Caucasian. And, you know, we can get into that, but uh, Dr. Fitch, I appreciate the uh, letter that I received yes, uh, yesterday uh, to it. But one of the things that also tweaks controversy is is the controversy of St. Valentine. And there are many, many different historical accounts of, of St. Valentine, but, you know, particularly the, the one that was... I think most appropriate for those, and you will have people who will run into you and say, well, it's just a made-up Hallmark Lindemann's chocolates made-up holiday, Milton Hershey invented it, blah, blah, blah. No, 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 and no. St. Valentine's Day celebrates a, a priest who lost his life because he was marrying people in the church, in, in the Christian faith. He's also the patron saint of beekeepers, but that, you know, we need the bees. He was in the Roman Empire who helped marry Christians. His body was burned on February 14th, history says, at uh, is Via Flaminia 
there is a, there are relics to him at one of the churches in Rome, if I'm not mistaken. A couple of my friends have been there and know that we fly in the face of the, oh, it's a made-up holiday stuff. But his crime was helping couples become married in the Christian faith, in the eyes of God. In the sacrament that says, I will care for you and you will care for me and we will be this team, this unbreakable bond, this union that has changed us from you know, hunter-gatherers to civilized men and women, that we are unfortunately, on this February 14th of 2024, hurtling towards uh, a continued, though not majority yet, but it continues to grow in popularity, debasement of it. Ironically, during the era of love songs, nothing but love songs, we watched the divorce rate skyrocket. The Great Society encourages single parenthood because you will get more money from the government if you are raising your child without your significant other. There are instances where single father homes also exist. They're not the majority, but they exist. And our friends on the left love to say that if there's 1% of something, you have to acknowledge it. Don't let your friends gaslight you into this idea that Valentine's Day is some made-up hallmark holiday, is what they love to call it. Hallmark holiday. Because that helps them get into the idea that marriage is just some legal document. There are legal things, but governments create the legal things. The the amorphous reason for a marriage. Why just two? Why not three, four, five? Why just one man, one woman? Why Why is that an important thing? Could it possibly be, with apologies to Dr. Gray, that being from different planets in the solar system, we bring different things to a relationship? All right, yeah, I understand. It was pop culture books back in the day. I feel bad for Dr. Gray's legacy. If men are from Mars and women are from Venus, where are all the other genders from? And you know there's a joke that circulates the Internet regarding where all the other genders come from. And you're snickering because you've read it. Don't don't get self-righteous to me. I've seen you snickering over the, the show. Men are from Mars, women are from Venus, and all the other genders are from, insert the name of planet in the Sol system here. But men and women are good at different things. And the marriage, the, this, this combination of those strengths redoubles the, the power of the one. That's why this was an important part of society changing from just this grabastic 
self-centered, self-involved mess that we were, indicative by the corruption in the, in the indulgences of the Roman Empire, but that men are good at some things and women are good at some things, and then we come together, and, and the places we're strong and in the point of a marriage on an individual level is you find that person that is strong in the places you're not. And that you can be strong for them in places that they're not. And this is what St. Valentine was burned to death for sanctifying. Again, just food for thought or chocolate candy for thought on this uh, St. Valentine's Day across central Virginia. Yeah, sure, I'm not saying don't get a long-stemmed rose and a box of chocolates, with apologies to Leonard Cohen. Believe me, you'll be sleeping on the couch if you don't, but it's not about that. That's just one of the trappings of it. Trusting you to know information from disinformation. Promoted by self-interested and corrupt individuals. Without a government board. Oh! Seville 1075 and 1260 WCHV. Joe Thomas in the morning on this uh, Ted's D where we celebrate together and where, you know, being strong where others are. And, it, it, and this is where I love my progressive friends who like to create these axiomatic brick walls. It's amazing how uh, decades ago, Russell Kirk was so able to identify the fact that the people who gloss themselves as progressive are often the least progressive and least open-minded people in the world. And you, you can identify them because they have this arcane, dogmatic view of anyone who doesn't agree with everything they say specifically and to a man, woman, and child. And they will take things, and I mentioned this in the onset, they will say, if one person out of the multitudes feels a certain way, well, you have to acknowledge it as if it's a plurality. Rather than just saying everybody has individuality, they want to create this, this maths orthodoxy while claiming that they want liberty. Remember, they are the group that wants freedom from rather than freedom for. In this prescription drug bill that they passed in the General Assembly yesterday, it's just another example of this, this forced orthodoxy, this, this mandated communal view of the world rather than individual pursuits. And we've seen this before, the, 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 these, these prescription drug mandates, all they do is create the predictable scarcity. And if America goes down that road of forced, now, again, 
our friends on the left will say, but Joe, what about? Yeah, there are incompetitive cronyist policies that exist in the regulatory state that create places where one company is the only one you can go to for prescriptions of various degrees. Because they learned a long time ago that if they lobbied the regulators or those who fund the regulators anyway, and too often those who fund the regulators, the ones who vote on the Senate and the House floor for funding for these regulations, are just listening to the people who do the regulating anyway. So it's real simple. The guys on K Street walk down and take the director of some subsecretary branch of the bureaucracy out to lunch once a week. And then when the congressman holds a hearing, they go and they say, "Uh, yes, uh, congressman, uh, we have found uh, that if you allow my office uh, to uh, oversee uh, the, uh, pardon me, can I have a glass of water, please? And the hearings go on, and they drone on, and then the Congress people write you know, a funding package for the bureaucracy headed by some wonk in the uh, park who's been wined and dined by the K Street types. This is what the Supreme Court case, Loper and Bright, in combination that could hopefully knock down Chevron deference. Because Chevron deference says that whatever the bureaucracy says is their purview becomes their purview. That's how you wind up with high prescription drugs. And I bring that up because there's a certain prescription drug that always seems to get connected to Valentine's Day. Wink, wink. It can be delivered discreetly to... That's an ID. Joe Thomas in the morning, delivered discreetly to your radio in an unmarked package. Yeah, there you go. Write that one down. We're going to get it to max. The So... You see how this amorous relationship on K Street leads to higher prescription drug costs because you create the crony economy where only one person provides it. I get to decide. If there was only one radio station in Charlottesville, you know, we'd get to reign with impunity until we died because there wouldn't be any competition to make us good at what we do and people would eventually just stop paying us. And then we'd go lobby the government to force Toby's Pawn Shop to advertise. We would go there and force Dargan at the Learning RX to advertise. We would mandate it. Well, no, mandates are a bad thing. So we would subsidize the advertising on radio if there was only one radio choice. Love songs. Nothing but love songs. If there was only one radio choice, then in order to feed my large ass, I'm sorry, large ass, did I say it wrong? 
I would reign with impunity. I would tell you, yes, this prescription for your advertising needs costs this much because I say it does. And you'd pay it for a while, and then people wouldn't be coming in because not everyone wants to hear love songs, nothing but love songs. And when that happens, my lobbyists would go to the General Assembly and say, we need you to force these people to go back to advertising. Of course, government not necessarily loving the idea of mandates. They just look bad on the evening news. Unless it's something like, we want to mandate abortion availability, because then the pandering can go on. Because there's a love story for you. And we'll get into this abortion bill story as well. Because Tim Griffin, the uh, delegate from Nelson and and, and uh, Amherst, is getting just raked over the coals by other Republicans, too. Not fairly, either. Welcome to the General Assembly, Tim. Good guy, too. And just not being treated fairly. Because it's the same thing they do to Trump, but I'm getting ahead of ourselves. But to stick the landing, they would go to the General Assembly and say, we need you to make sure that people are advertising on the only radio station available. So they would create a subsidy program for the people. But you'd have to advertise on the radio station in order to qualify for the subsidy, etc., etc. And it wouldn't bring down the cost of the advertising. It would just, well... You know, feed the only radio station. This is, again, I'm, the point I'm making is that's how you wind up with higher prescription costs. And so this government board they want to create is only going to make prescriptions more scarce and more expensive. Introducing your sweetheart to WCHV is like giving them one of those heart-shaped boxes of chocolates. You know there's something they'll like in there. But it better not be the only gift you give them. You lose! There was a time When I didn't care Nothing mattered To me I swear Did something happen I came alive and I found you And I found fire That's why I never stop believing That is the truth. Happy Valentine's Day on this Ted's Day. And Ted's Day. How are you going to handle Ted's Day on a Valentine's Day? Well, very easily. It's... Nothing but love songs, only love songs. Joe Thomas in the morning. We've already broken down quite a bit uh, this morning. If you're just joining us for the second seating, uh, campaigning rather than representing, on full display in the General Assembly yesterday, Democrats and uh, Republicans playing games with abortion funding uh, and uh, also the prescription board. Well, we get to Bill the Grill guy is on the phone with us uh, to kick off the hour. Good morning, Bill. How are you doing, sir? 
Hey, good morning, Joe. How are you doing today on a Valentine's Day? Uh, excellent. I mean, we haven't even scratched into the Mayorkas impeachment <laughs> vote, and and then, of course, the Swaziland that is uh, parts of my old hometown up in New York, uh, the the, the uh, uh, failed gubernatorial candidate back in Congress uh, because, well, because Republicans just can't help themselves. Uh, but anyway, what's on your mind? I was just getting in the truck this morning, and I was listening to the news report. I'm kind of curious as to how this uh, uh, prescription bill is going to lower cost of drugs and not cause more taxpayer to pay, to pay into it. Because uh, it seems to me that if you want to really do something, you need to start at the head of the snake, which is actually the uh, uh the prescriptions, the 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 pharmacists, the 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 people that create the drugs the at the top. I mean, they, they yes, pharmacy companies. It it seems to me that if you want to do something, that's the place to start, not at the lower end where you know all you do is you do you you, you fund everything through taxes. Well, and that's uh, just, a, a, just a quick thought. Well, that's what's going to happen is this board, like all the other places, you know, these control boards have happened. This is why no great pharmaceutical breakthroughs come out of Canada, because they have a pharmaceutical review board that says you can only charge this much. So companies don't make it. And, and understand this is, this is as classic an example of K Street lobbyists saying, ooh, ooh, punish me, because you know that in Virginia, the pharmaceutical companies will be the ones who will be most well represented on this board that will determine what the costs are. And, and, and it won't be about lowering the cost of the prescription. Prescription's still going to cost a hundred bucks a pill or, you know, twenty bucks right. a pill or whatever. It's what, as you said, what the taxpayer is going to be on the arm to pay. So it's actually going to take taxpayer money, give more of it. And this is, you, you remind me of a point that always gets lost in the shuffle. The Democrats go out and campaign on how Republicans are in the pop, pocket of big business, that they're all just trying to help the rich get richer. And then they turn around and come up with crap like this that just helps the rich get richer and and right and we can't seem to make the case uh, you know it's right ripped right from that kid's song these are the rich men north of richmond who have told the general assembly ooh ooh punish me punish me i uh, uh, i promise I'll, I'll i'll be a good boy if you just let me keep more more of the tax money uh, rather than having to go out and buy golf trips for the medical men who have to prescribe this stuff and you know and and have to send incentives out to the uh, hospital systems to keep prescribing this crap yeah i i I just don't understand i mean people they they describe it one way and then yet they want to turn around and raise your taxes it's it's tongue-in-cheek movement from the government they've been doing this for years and years i agree that we need to lower prescription drug costs, believe me, I, I do know. But the only way to do that is to go after the, the pharmacy, pharmacy makers themselves. Well, and because it's because, you know, most of us will listen to the Svengali's tell us, well, do you know how hard it is? You know, how expensive it is to, you know, to to make that first pill? The 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 example is always, you know, well, you know, uh, a a Viagra pill only costs 10 cents. But that first Viagra pill costs 10 million dollars. Okay, I get that. The the research and all of that to come up with some pharmaceutical blood pressure medication or whatever uh, costs a bit of money. But there is a balancing act between how long your your um, 
you're allowed to claim uh, uh, um, the patent protection against generics, uh, how much competition there can be in the market and that kind of thing. And that's how the prescription drug prices go up because you've only got one company that can make all these different treatments. And then they go out and they spend most of their money politicking the the hospitals and 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 subsidizing the hospitals to continue to to prescribe them and then the taxpayers have to come back in and make up the difference and this is this has got to all be just shoved off the table and a competitive marketplace go back into place and and the worst offender of it all bill is Joe Biden, who has been the senator from the state with more pharmaceutical companies in it than any other state, especially per capita in the union, is Delaware. Yep. And, and he has been in the pocket of AstraZeneca and uh, oh, there was another big one that was up there, uh, Lilly. These folks have, have owned and, and purchased Joe Biden for decades and uh, so he's all about the same thing so it's it's a dog and pony show that you're right is going to cost us more money but will the governor veto this that's the question you got to keep the governor on board to veto this stuff rather than saying i want to be shown as doing stuff for hardworking, blah 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 whatever we're hard working you know that needs to be that day um, because he's got to veto this kind of stuff because this only makes prescriptions more expensive and winds up making taxpayer money for the the pharmaceutical companies well the biggest problem is if he vetoes it then he's the bad guy against lower prescription costs and it's a catch-22 situation but he has to be he has to be articulate enough to say this doesn't lower our you know how you and i can do it and and neither you nor i hold any elected office why is it you and i can be articulate about how this doesn't lower our prescription costs and somebody as esteemed as governor yunkin can't correct i'm i'm with you i hear I'm you my friend you. well you hang in there my friend and uh, you know where are you grilling this week Oh, not grilling. I'm uh, working my part-time job over in Charlottesville. I'll head uh, that way now. All right. Well, you know, but, keep your head down. And I think the roads are clearer <laughs> now. They fixed all the power poles they dragged down yesterday. <laughs> well, have a blessed day, Joe. You Thank do you the, for the same. God bless. The original social media. Call Joe Thomas in the morning on anything. What do you make out of this? Really? Huh? What a bro. Seaville 1075 and 1260 WCHV. to everyone who fights the ferals in Fluvanna and Joe Thomas in the morning. But, you know, honestly, you know, how, do, how does the Virginia General Assembly look in the mirror to brush their teeth? Uh, you know, as, as we wander the world of you know, bat guano crazy policy regarding pharmacy, and, and I was thinking about this, we were talking with Bill, and this prescription board that they, you know, oh, we've got a hundred doctors that say we need to have a prescription drug control board because, and it's always, you notice lately, it's always a type two diabetic. Why does it always have to be a type two diabetic? All of a sudden, it used to be well, it was the EpiPen 
loser. And and believe me, there's no good guys in this. The 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 failure of human evolution that was scamming the prices on EpiPens as well. But as we come out from the shadow of, of the giant flying bat with a besotted Tony Fauci wielding a giant hypodermic needle, still want to get that statue made. The crazed flying bat wearing a mask, of course. How is it you want to give more power to the pharmaceutical industry that wouldn't allow you to, to get a, a readily available $10 an application medicine for bat scratch fever because they had already told the governing agencies, don't you let them take no ivermectin. You keep that hydroxychloroquine in that cabinet, sir. It's not approved for that. This this is this is where it's all gone down the drain. This this whole cabal between government and the pharmaceutical industry and the hospitals and and the public at large. There's a master's class in it, and and understand. So they'll have to. Oh, so you saying we shouldn't have pharmacists then, huh, Joe? Huh? Why do we round up all the pharm- no? My God, you're crazy. But that's that's how they always debate. That's their debate style, is they immediately start throwing verbal Molotov cocktails. Oh, you just want to get rid of all the pharmaceutical industries. Well, what would you do then, Mr. Smart Guy? But the pharmaceutical industry, as, as, as an adjunct of the entire medical industry, has ceased under the jackboots of the pandering populists they understood there was good money to be made if you got in behind the pandering populace. And never mind election results. You want proof that Barack Obama was more popular than Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton wanted to do less expansive health care reform than Barack Obama did. But he got it because he got the health care industry to back him. Because he knew, at least for now, there would be taxpayer money that we would collect because you don't want to go to federal penitentiary for not paying it. And then we can distribute it amongst you for your pharmaceuticals. And it is not to say that there isn't a reason to say science needs to investigate best efficiencies But when you have doctors, and this is this is firsthand testimony to me by a dear friend, was given a prescription that she didn't want to take. She's like, I don't, I don't want to take that crap. I don't feel like I need to take that. He goes, Listen, just don't. You don't have to take it. Just fill the the prescription. If you have doctors telling patients you don't have to take the the prescription I'm giving you, just fill it. You know there's something corrupt in the system. Because the doctor's getting a, a little kickback off the prescriptions filled.
And it is completely, it is absolutely the definition of corruption. Corrupt meaning the system has been altered in a way that it does not work anymore. It functions, it functions to the benefit of certain members of it. You know, we can go 18 different levels on this. Number one, you know how I want to fight type 2 diabetes? The same way I want to fight abortion. I want there to be less type 2 diabetics. (gasps) That's victim shaming, Joe! I didn't say type 1 diabetics, and this is another one where my leftist friends love to go and throw Molotov cocktails. You're a racist because there's a higher percentage of diabetes in the black community. I can hear you writing the emails now. Why is that? Is it because the poverty is higher in the black communities and therefore the food choices are worse? Because the grocery stores can't survive in the poor communities because you drove all the damn jobs away! Grabastic bunch of jackasses. Stop it. This is why nobody trusts you people anymore. This is, this is, is there a, is there a prescription I can get for my Munchausen's by government syndrome? Can I get some lithium? So just like every other place that says it, it's, and first off, just like the, the abortion stuff, it, this is just a campaign flyer. This is just them to say, we're trying to work for you. We're trying to protect you from mean corporations <laughs> that were in my office just 15 minutes ago. <laughs> the mean corporations that we're going to, we're going to march against. Oh, <laughs> don't, don't ask me, you know, where is it? It's like the people who complain about Dominion and then take Dominion's campaign commentary. Oh, I'm going to watch out for your electric rates after I take this $10,000 campaign contribution from Dominion. And I don't have a problem with campaign contributions. But if you've taken a campaign contribution from somebody you're, you're supposed to be in an elected office to regulate, and we can debate the efficacy of having those regulatory structures too, because I think that just feeds the beast, you should recuse yourself. But they don't. And if you say, well, what about pharmaceutical? What, what about ivermectin? Oh, no, ivermectin wasn't approved by the government for use against COVID. That's why we fired all those doctors that did that, because only the pharmaceutical industry's creations could be. And now we're going to create a board that actually rewards these people more with taxpayer money subsidizing their costs so that we can pretend that your diabetes medication is lower. It's so broken. It's uh, it's almost impossible to chronicle how broken this whole system is. Virginia is for Joe Thomas in the morning. Lovers. You're the man. February and all year long on Seville 1075 and 1260 WCHV. Come along if you can. Come along if you can. Take a ride to the land inside of your mind. Beyond the sea. Dreams of hopes and dreams where things are really not. 
Okay, you asked for it. <laughs> There's a line you want to hear on your Valentine's Day radio program. You asked for it. Here it comes. So, the the idea of this prescription board is just one manifestation of this Munchausen's by government syndrome that infests our whole community. The government makes us sick economically, socially, and then claims that they are the only ones who can make us better. Roger writes in, should any corporation or business be able to donate to political parties or campaigns? Yes. Should those political parties and office holders be able to regulate those businesses? No. See, that's the dirty little secret is we assume we, we have accepted the gaslit place that the government must give permission to everyone to do whatever it is they do first. I come from a world of asking for forgiveness rather than permission. State Corporation Commission just loves people like that, doesn't he? Anyway, Roger's email goes on too. But that was the abstract on your on your question because I, I I I don't have a problem with companies giving money to politicians. I have a problem with those politicians regulating the companies. Despite the free speech side of the issue that SCOTUS decided a few years ago, Dominion Energy alone, with few other energy-related organizations, donated more than $30 million last year to elect mostly Democrats to our General Assembly to profit their enterprise instead of helping lower-income customers pay their rising electric bills. Well, first off, it's the, the, we're already assuming a practice that is not within a government's position. See, the government has already inserted itself into your head, Roger, to think that it's their job to lower costs of things. His email goes on. This makes me wonder if their campaign contributions are themselves part of the government's ability to pick winners and losers as the COVID shutdown has sadly already played into. And if so, why do we continue to allow business enterprises to be able to give campaign or political contributions since they do not get to vote except to decide where to stay in business or to pull out of an area or country to avoid rising taxes? Again, I would say I don't have a problem with businesses giving money to politicians, political campaigns. I have a problem with the politicians who regulate them. Because that's the corruption in the system. The corruption isn't that, that companies give money to politicians. It's that we have been gaslit into believing that the politicians can then regulate those companies. You see what I mean? You're savvy? Um, so you break that whole system down and Dominion, and there are states, Florida, Texas, that have energy choice programs make it just like the long distance telephone deregulation of the uh is it the 90s where sure ma bell technically paid to put the telephone poles up and everything
But in exchange for breaking up her monopoly on your long-distance telephone service, uh, the the government then said, um, "Okay, then we will we will just make you pay a little bit for her trouble." Ma Bell, Ma Bell paid for those telephone lines that you're going to now distribute your 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 uh, phone system over. So you give her a little something, and you you saw it in your bill. I think you still see it in your bill. But that's what you have to do with electric utilities. Say, sure, Dominion may have paid to put up the electric line, but there's no reason you shouldn't shop around and say, hey, you know what? Central Virginia Electric charges a whole lot less per kilowatt hour than Dominion does. I want to, I want to use them for my electric service. Or, or Rappahannock Electric gets my power back on, gets uh, my cousin's power back on so much faster when there's a winter storm. So I want to use that. Or Joe's Electric Company gives to the charity I support, so I want to use them. Yeah, any number of reasons, competitively. Instead of having the government tell you what you can and can't do. And that's, that's the corruption. The corruption happens, it isn't, it, it's, it's not the contribution, it's then what the politicians claim they have to do to protect you from the businesses that gave them the money. And yes, you're right, Roger, to bring up the COVID situation because as the Democrats are sitting there saying, we need a board to control these pharmaceutical industries that we <clears throat> may you know, give you, you know, medical treatments that may or may not actually stop you from getting a serious case of COVID-19 or not. Uh, but, you know, hey, if you get one of those weird blood clots and you die and before you get COVID, uh, I guess that we can chalk that up as a successful uh, use of the uh, shot. We get to you at four three four nine six four one zero seven five. Good morning. Who's this? Hey, Joe. It's Clark. Hey, good morning, Clark. How are you doing, sir? I'm great. You know, have peripheral connections with this pharmaceutical industry. I buy drugs. I sell drugs. <laughs> to be fair, he he. What I call him, he's a veterinarian. So, and he actually gets ivermectin too. Yeah. So. There's nothing broken about the system, Joe, except our understanding of how it works. That's the only thing broken. The system works great for the people that set the system up. What we've got is the supposed regulators are regulated by the supposedly regulated. And the supposed regulation ultimately benefits the supposedly regulated. <laughs> I, I, it's just just the way it is. Um, what they're and, and to be fair, you know, and let's let's go back to the term to regulate. And this this is a bastardization of the constitutional provision of interstate commerce. And in in the 18th century, to regulate meant to keep regular, to make sure that there that that everyone was appropriately dealing in the community of the same way that you know that i wasn't providing some cheap stuff and if i was if i was ripping off my customers there was you know, punitive abilities of the government to go after me but 
here comes that great line. I'll stop this from ever happening again. So as soon as the first snake oil salesman leaves town, some U.S. attorney shows up and says, uh, we'll fix this so it never happens again. Mr. Congressman's going to propose a regulation. And regulation went from to keep, from the definition of to keep regular to to the other definition of regulator, like the on your faucet, we're going to either let it go faster or slower. Well, I don't know. Then you bring up the snake oil thing. And, you know, it used to be, Joe, if you wanted to sell snake oil, you needed a couple horses, a wagon, a calliope, and you had to have the sense of timing to know when to get out of town before you were tar and feathered. Yeah. And now you just need enough money to run ads. You need, uh, what do I want to say, a social media campaign. And you sell the heck out of your snake oil, and uh, then your corporation dissolves before somebody wants to tar and feather you. Or you create so, a shell company so, that then absorbs the company that you were just dealing with. Yes. You, you also probably need a couple of snakes uh, as well. You, you left that out of your business plan, but that's okay. Well, anyway, yeah, so there's nothing broke about this system. We just don't understand who the system's supposed to benefit. That's our misunderstanding. Like you know? Yeah, it is. But hey, I do have one quick question before I hop. How many more votes to impeach Mayorkas would it have taken for it to be an insurrection? Oh, that's, a, that's a good idea. Hey, you all discuss. You're the focus group out there. How many more times would we have to vote before it was an insurrection? Did, didn't one of them actually call it that yesterday? One of the Democrats actually used that phrase yesterday? I I think I might have heard it, but, you know, I, I swear, it's hard to pick it all out sometimes. <laughs> I do know this. The, the, the problems that Joe Biden has with his mental acuity, if we oh! remove him, the reason for these problems, you know, Joe, Abraham Lincoln did not have as much on his plate as Joe Biden has had on his with all the insurrections. Well, thank you, Corinne Jean-Pierre, but thank you more appropriately. You just reminded me of something. You triggered a memory. I'm having, I'm having one of those uh, off-spill moments. Chuck Schumer said yesterday, Joe Thomas was right. Listen to Joe Thomas. Well, not, not in so many words, but I'll go get the clip of Chuck Schumer endorsing Joe Thomas's analysis of Joe Biden, uh, uh, President Biden, if you will. Uh, and, and I'll get that coming up next, but thank you, Dr. Clark. Thank you. Thank you, doctor. You've, you've healed me. You've made me see the lights, doctor. The snake oil of yours. Where do I get more? I make no claims that I do any better than any other veterinarian that talks on the radio. Tuned in to you as much as you are tuned in to us. Fox News updates every half hour on Seville 1075 and 1260 WCHV. Joe Thomas in the morning on this Ted's Day Valentine's Day. And yes, you can celebrate Valentine's Day with Uncle Ted. Uh, so... Uh, I had this on a note, post-it note. Yes, I'm that old. I still use post-it notes. Um, 
yesterday I heard this, uh, they caught up with Upchuck in the hallways. Well, I say it that way as if Chuck doesn't seek out the cameras like a moth to the lights. Um, but I was listening and I said, oh my gosh, he has just confirmed my hypothesis on Joe Biden. And I know that I'm, I sound desperate because I'm not saying something that all the other talk show hosts are. Joe Biden is not suffering Alzheimer's. He, this is how his memory has always worked. This is what I've always told you. It's not that he's lost his fastball, it's that he never had one. He never needed one. AstraZeneca and Lilly and MBNA and DuPont, they were all funding him, and he was going to win. So this is Chuck Schumer yesterday on the story about the president's cognitive acuity. He's fine. All this right-wing propaganda that his mental acuity has declined is wrong. I talk to President Biden, you know, regularly, sometimes several times in a week, or usually several times in a week. His mental acuity is great. It's fine. It's as good as it's been over the years. Ah, so Chuck Schumer just admitted it. Joe Biden's memory is exactly what it's been over the years. So thank you, Chuck Schumer. I know I don't get to say that nearly as much as you'd like. But thank you, Chuck Schumer, for confirming what I've been saying. You know, I, and I know it's much more fun to listen to Sean Hannity talk about the cognitive mess. that Joe Biden was always a cognitive mess. Watch the hearings. If I have to, I'll go get the Anita Hill, Clarence Thomas hearings that Joe Biden shared that even made Ted Kennedy facepalm, Chuck. You remember those? Those weren't yesterday. Seville 1075 and 1260. Heart Healthy Listening for Central Virginia. WCHV is not intended to treat any actual medical conditions. It should be listened to in conjunction with a well-balanced diet. Consult your physician before turning away from WCHV. (laughs) 